Hello and welcome to We Live on a Planet. I am your host, Patrick. Thank you so much for joining me. It means an awful lot to me. I mean that sincere. It's Sunday, May 29th, 2022, when I'm recording this one. It's early in the morning a.m. I'm all up and ready to go scuba diving. I'm going scuba diving for the first dive of the season. I'll fill you in all about that on the next show. To the temperature. Currently, it's 55 degrees Fahrenheit. Feels like 55. The high is going to be 68 degrees Fahrenheit and sunny today, which is good. Nice sunny day to dive. Winds are currently out of the east, two miles per hour. I'm titling this one, A Talk With My Daughter, and this is episode 547. We're going to do this all in one take because I have a recording from my interview with her. Yeah. So no break, no nothing. We're going to dive right into our quote. And this quote is fitting for what my daughter and I talk about. Did you know that you can be diagnosed as an adult with autism and not know your whole life that you've been autistic? Yeah. That happened to my daughter. Brings me to my quote by Dr. Seuss. Why fit in? when you were born to stand out. So perfect. Why fit in when you were born to stand out? Unfortunately, I tried to fit in too much and I have my whole life. I always feel like I'm either being watched or something weird. So I don't want to stand out. But the older I've gotten, the easier it is for me to go and stand out in the crowd, I think. So what I'm going to plan on doing is I'm going to mute my mic and just pull up my Voice Record Pro app that I use to record my episode or my uh, interview with my daughter. It wasn't even an interview. It was just a talk. I did have some topic or hot points that we talked about. We could have talked a lot longer. It's only like 16 minutes long. And there's so much more to my daughter than just 16 minutes of what's going on in her life. That's for sure. But at least gives you a little taste. So like I said, I'm going to pause or mute my mic. I got a fresh cup of coffee, a nice fat bowl all packed and ready to smoke so I can blast off. (laughs) while I'm listening to the interview. Hey, it's legal in New York. I can talk about it. And uh, so, yeah, get sit back, relax, get yourself a beverage of choice, roll one up if you have it, and enjoy my conversation that I had with my daughter. I might have to adjust the volume a little bit when it first starts, so I apologize. So let me pull it up now. All right. Hello. Testing. It is working. All right. Hey, how are you doing? This is Patrick from We Live on a Planet. I have some facts that I want to roll over to you guys today. And as always, we're going to play a little mental gymnastics. And my guest is a very special guest that I have today, my daughter, Bethany. How are you doing, Bethany? Oh, I'm lovely. Good, good. Um, Well, we'll, like I said, we're going to play a little gymnastics, mental gymnastics. One of the things I want to talk about is um, autism, autistic disorder in adults. 
And it's estimated, this is the only facts and numbers that I'm going to give you so your brain isn't going to get too jumbled. But it's estimated a little over 5 million adults in the U.S. have ASD. That's about 2.2%. The prevalence of the U.S. adults of ASD range from the low of 1.9% in Louisiana to the high of 2.4% in Massachusetts. Why that is, I don't know. I didn't research that part. But I kind of am curious because that fact, as soon as I set it out, it says adults have it, almost making it sound like it's a disease. Right. And it's not. Right. As I'm reading that, I'm like, it almost sounds like they're describing this as a disease. Right. And that's one of the big issues with autism today is the lack of understanding. It's not something you have. It's part of who you are. It's mostly undiagnosed in women or girls, correct? Yes, because the symptoms are vastly different than they appear in boys. What and, and how so? Well, with women, first of all, um, and young girls, they are expected to be more sociable than boys. Right. They have different um, expectations for girls than boys. So a lot of it is because... Girls learn very early to mask or camouflage. Okay. And what that is, is trying to appear as quote unquote normal or what I would say neurotypical is possible. Okay. Um, do you think the that it's kind of like a social norm the way we're raising children that way of like saying that? Earlier, I was saying how I kind of was raised in that era of children should be seen and not heard, almost raised in that. Right. Do you think that it's undiagnosed because we just kind of treat children, girls different than boys? Or when a boy acts that way, we instantly say that it's got to be autism or we're, that's kind of like the the path that doctors right. go down now? Yeah, yeah. And that that is the problem because our expectations of boys are different than our expectations of girls. Okay. We see a young boy, if he's acting differently, it's, oh, he's just being a boy. But if a girl is acting differently according to what they're socially ex uh, expected to, then, you know, they don't look at autism. They think, oh, she's just emotional or, you know, something along those lines. Right, right. Let's talk a little bit about some stereotypes and outdated terms mm -hmm. that you have found now that you have been diagnosed and probably that you have heard throughout your life that yeah. you just come accustomed to hear. So there's a couple that are really common. Um, the first would be Asperger's okay. syndrome, which used to be in the diagnostic tools that psychologists would use because of Hans Asperger, who was a Nazi, Okay. That experimented on children with autism. Okay. So he's the one that this term is made from. I did not know that. And he would call it um, insane autism. And so the term turned, he created the term. So now people say Asperger's syndrome, ah. but that is far outdated. Okay. And a lot of the autistic community find it offensive. Yeah. Because there's no there's no linear amount of how autistic you are. 
the spectrum is often seen as linear. Yeah, I and agree. And so they think, oh, you're not very autistic, so you must have Asperger's. Whereas that's not the case because it's not a linear thing. Yeah, I agree because I, growing up, had a lot of stereotypes of somebody with autism. And I had the Hollywood perception mm -hmm. of maybe Rain Man, Dustin right. Hoffman character, mm -hmm. um, who was like, quote unquote, functional, but yeah, mm -hmm. like it. It, like almost like uh, the term, which sounds so derogatory, idiot savant. Right. And that's another thing. Um, people still very commonly use the terms high functioning and low functioning. Right, right. Which has got to be frustrating. It is. If you look at the definitions, the only thing that means is high functioning, you have an IQ over 70. Low functioning, you have an IQ under seventy. Ah, so that has nothing to do with autism. Yeah, if your if your temperature, no, not temperature. If your <laughs> IQ is seventy, anyways, mm -hmm. you're on a spectrum of really low intelligence, right. anyways. Yeah. So imagine someone say saying, "Oh, well, you must be high functioning because." You seem fine to me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's and, like, you don't even know my IQ. I mean, yeah, my IQ is over 70, but that's not really saying much. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, bringing that, how do you feel now that you have been diagnosed with autism and your thoughts of people trying to like find a cure? Because earlier I said it almost sounds like a disease. What are right. your thoughts of that? Well, yeah, because often people will say, Oh, do you have autism? And my response would be like, no, I am autistic. Right. So it's like the color of your skin. It's just part of who you are. Yeah. And so um, people, wait, what was your question? Again? It was just about how you feel about now that you've been diagnosed and then like the thought right, of people yeah. trying to cure it. Yeah, it's it's insane to me because you can't cure it. It's just part of who you are. Now they have ABA therapy. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that. That's applied behavioral analysis, correct? Right, and so this is one thing that um, groups like Autism Speaks okay. use. And they use this to tr try to quote unquote cure autism. Okay. But what it does is it just teaches the person to suppress a lot of what they're feeling right. and to essentially mask, which is what I kind of did to myself over the course of 35 years because I was trying to blend in. Right. But we see now that that's very harmful. It's like you can't put makeup on a pig and say it's something else, right. you know, Yeah. that type of thing. How do you feel now, like you just, I know I just kind of asked you that, but do you, don't you feel like some relief? Because how, what is it? Because mm -hmm. you've gone so many years and obviously it's, you've been autistic. It's not something you caught or something that you got. You've right. always had it. What, what was it that brought to the diagnosis to a head that you have it? So my whole life, everything was you know, just kind of faking it till you make it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, that's what it felt like. And feeling very alien. Okay. As far as 
um, especially interacting with people, communication, it was always awkward for me. But then when I was medically retired from the Air Force, I went into what they call an autistic burnout. Okay. And it's not a burnout like you would think where, you know, you're just tired and you need a break. An autistic burnout is different in the fact that it it was from an accumulation of 30 years of trying to be uh, or appear neurotypical and then having my whole life plan taking, taken away. Yeah. And that was a very traumatic experience. So for three years, I went through an autistic burnout. Mm. I had no idea what was happening. I thought I was just really depressed. I remember it. Yeah. yeah. So, But then I started regressing with certain aspects of my life, such as um, my speech started changing. I became much more clumsy. Mm. Um, my executive function just became terrible and I had no idea what was going on until I started I saw I believe a TED talk about um, women with autism women who are autistic something sparked yeah and I was like wait a minute that that sounds familiar and at this time I still had all the old stereotypes of what being autistic was and one of the main things is lacking emotion yeah okay you know and so the therapist i was seeing at the time i kind of brought it up to her like hey maybe maybe this is something that i am dealing with you know and she's like oh no you experience empathy so Mm. there's no way you're autistic oh how frustrating yeah thankfully i was like nah you're (sighs) stupid i'm gonna keep looking into that's always good to i think that's good advice anyways if you're not liking what you're hearing sometimes there is always a second opinion there's second because you know yourself better i remember when you told ma and i Mm -hmm. i instantly the stereotypes came flooding into me right and i said no way because she's too quote unquote highly functional right and there's no way because of how successful you've been throughout your whole life Mm -hmm. and the girl i've known but once I myself started doing more research in girls with autism or women, I should say, things started clicking to me and making more sense. And I think that I've seen the change now that you have the autistic diagnosis that you've embraced it. Mm-hmm. And the more you're, you're kind of like a shark in a freeing frenzy of knowledge, yes. the more you can learn about it. And I think that's good. I think that education is always a key. I've said that to my audience for Mm -hmm. years. I've I've always tried to say to you girls or anybody that, you know, try to learn something new every day. And you're real good at doing that. Yeah. If I don't have one or two no shit moments a day, then I feel like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. I think one of the things I've learned too, which um, has frustrated me. With like my diagnosis with bipolar, you said it earlier, the best is that you're not, you have autism. I don't have. Or you don't have autism. Right. Right. Yeah. I am autistic. You are autistic. And that's what I was going to say, because for years I would be like, I'm bipolar. And that like, that, that was like, put me into some whatever, instead Mm -hmm. of saying I have bipolar. And back when I was diagnosed, speaking of those misdiagnosed terms it was called manic depressive and i was like what is this 
Yes. Um, so I can understand finding out something and it helps. And so I'm glad that you were able to find out yeah. what was going on with you. And now you can kind of move forward. Right. And receiving the diagnosis was very freeing. Yeah. In a way, because it's like finally figuring out who you are. Right. And not only that, but knowing how the the best way you can go about your daily life. The best metaphor that I can think of is imagine your entire life, for me it was 30 years, um, you have this gigantic piece of machinery and there's buttons everywhere and switches and um, you kind of like figure out how to use it, but it may not be the right way, so you just stumble along using it. Yeah. And then finally, after 30 years, someone hands you a manual. Okay. And that manual tells you the best way to go about using this piece of machinery. Uh, how to perform preventative maintenance on this piece of machinery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All you the, know? Like a uh, owner's manual. Exactly. Yeah. So now, all of a sudden, it's like, okay, I see it now. You know, I know how different things work, different aspects of my life, such as um, communication, social issues I have, or uh, sensory issues, yeah. you know, things yeah, like yeah. that, where normal people or neurotypical people don't experience those things. So for me, it was like, well, something's different about me, and I have to try to be as normal as possible. Now I don't have to do that. Right. Yeah, good. Yeah. I'm glad. It makes me happy. You know, all I want as a father is my girls to be happy. And I'm happy that you are, I mean, granted, you had to have a reset button and that kind of sucks. Right. But now that you know what it is or whatever, it's kind of like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I can handle this. Right. And I, I'm, this makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Good. The only, I guess, um, kind of bummer when I received the diagnosis that I felt was with when I went through the burnout period that lasted three years and I regressed in certain areas. Right. And receiving the diagnosis told me that chances are more than likely that I will not regain those functions Mm. to the level that I had them before. Yeah. That's kind of strange. That's got to be like sobering. It is. It's, it's, Difficult to deal with um, sometimes, but for me, I just think I, I still have my mental capability. I still yeah. in the same person on the inside, but I'm just a little different on the outside. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was fun. Thank you. Of course. I hope that we were able to enlighten some people mm-hmm. about uh, autism in women or autism in adults. And maybe those stereotypes can go out the window right. and we can have an open mind. I always say at the end of my show, be curious and not judgmental. Yes. And uh, Walt Whitman said it best when he said that. And uh, so, yeah, try to keep an open mind. If you I have a family member or you yourself maybe or something just try to educate yourself of everything you know and um thank you for the most valuable gift you could always give me which is your time so thanks so much thank you bethany thank you and thank you for listening folks 
Tell a friend about We Live on a Planet, and we will talk to you again real soon. Take care, my friends. Peace. All righty, we're back. Wasn't that good? I really, really, truly enjoyed that conversation with my daughter, and I think she really, her analogy about talking about her body as a machine, which we are, you know, we're little machines, that her analogy of having a machine that's just full of buttons and levers and switches and just kind of willy-nilly going about it in your life and faking it till you make it, and then somebody finally gives you an owner's manual or a guide and said, here's what you do to run this machinery, was a just a beautiful way to um, kind of uh, tie up what she's dealing with. So I said it earlier in the recording, thank you so much for your time. It is the most valuable gift you could ever give me. I look forward to filling you in on my first scuba diving trip that I'm going to be experiencing this morning. I got my gear all ready. And um, tell a friend about We Live on a Planet, like I was saying earlier. You can head on over to my website, WLOAP.com. There's a little phone icon. You can leave me a phone message and we can play it on the air. Um, Maybe you have autism. Maybe somebody in your family has autism and you would like to comment on our talk that we had today. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear from you. Education is always the key and I'm always looking to learn something new every day. Okay, so thank you so much and I will talk to you again real soon. Have fun. Be safe. And be curious, not judgmental. I'll talk to you again real soon.